It's not. It's not like I. I, I sort of want to give it. I just think it's. It just slightly amuses me to just take the contrary opinion. Yeah. Yes, I know that. I've done the podcast with you enough now <laughs> to know that. What? What enough? As in? Oh, I get. I get it, dude. It's too warm. I'm too warm. I'm not going to be like firing all cylinders. I'm going to sound like I am because I'm a professional, but I'm not actually. Are you going to bark all day? Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. This is a monthly pick and mix episode in which we look at the concession stand of film and choose some selection of film trailers and film news for the month. This time we're looking at May 2023 and the popcorn flavour is... Uh, somebody else's barbecue. Interesting. You're not, you're not actually doing your own barbecue, but you smell it on the wind and you're just like, oh, that smells so much better than what I have for dinner. I see. <laughs> so that's, that's the popcorn flavour. Maybe it's just like one of those things with a hint of barbecue. You know. I just, it's just because it's nice weather. It's just... That's what it reminds me of. I was going to have cut grass, but we had grass last time because I panicked. You did. Yeah. So, you know, I had an entire month to think of that, and that was the best I could come up with. I wrote it down in my notes and everything. It was evocative. You sandbagging prick. Anyway. Mate happened. It did. Now, is your top thing to talk about, I imagine it's probably the same thing as my top thing to talk about, the WGA strike? I was going to talk about that. Usually we talk about trailers, but yeah, let's go on for that. Well, I just, I figured because it's it's going to have an impact on entertainment for a while. Well, this is the yeah. second one that we've lived through, possibly. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs i know i know what it's basically about and i know that i'm definitely on the side of the writers rather than you know the the execs who think that writers are just replaceable by ai and streaming rights and all sorts Mm. it's it's an entire mess and writers aren't just disposable replaceable parts for things i know that they think that but it's like no, they along with all the other, it's it, just the same as the director, the the set designer, the stunt coordinator. They're all integral parts of the in, the product in general. So the, getting this whole thing that you can just throw writers at it or throw generative AI at it, which is a terrifying thought. But even even then, it's like. That still has to come from somewhere. It doesn't just make it up from every from nowhere. It still comes from other people's work. It's well, just that, that's something I wanted to to talk about was AI. Uh, uh, so I guess it's kind of tied into it. So do you want to talk about the strike and then go on to it, or talk about the whole yeah. thing? Yeah. Well, well, wherever the conversation takes us, dude. Well, so yeah. So sorry. So the so the strike, I think, is I think it sort of revolves around not wanting, always wanting it guarantee that ai won't be used in script writing on the on the one hand and on the other it's about residuals for streaming because my understanding and it might be you know it's vague and it might be wrong so if you know correct me 
Generally, if you write or act in a program and it's shown on a channel, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you get royalties and residuals from being in that program. Whereas when it's on streaming, you don't get that because it's not technically repeated. It's just there for people to access. So mm. I don't think people get paid per stream. I think it's just there's your fee and that's it. I think so. You know, if you watch something on Netflix that came out five years ago, that was written for Netflix, the writers aren't getting paid any more. The actors as well aren't getting paid any more as they would if it was repeated on television. No, and it's normally part of a bundle deal with studios rather than they're they're vying for one title or kind of things. It's normally like, okay, well, you you hand over, I don't know, like 20 films of yours and whatever. So it's like the money is small. Yeah, from what I understand, that that is the problem. And because they are using the sort of old business things to dictate how people should be paid and they're not being paid enough. And I, I support them 100. percent I think it's I think it's absolute bullshit, and mm. they, the 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 higher ups have got away with it for too long. I'm glad that there are unions and and organised things like this to in to make change happen because they're not going to do it out of the goodness of their hearts, are they? Well, didn't it's, is it David Z- Z- Zaslev, who's he's the he's the Warner Brothers head. Yeah, was booed yeah. at a um, a, a, like a graduation commencement address he was giving, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, the thing is, and this also links into something that I was going to talk about as well. The thing is, um, he had a whole thing about defending cinemas and you know making sure that cinemas are fine. But then there was an article saying that the theatrical windows of things are shrinking. The average is thirty days now. I've noticed with Disney, it's getting long, or depending on certain films, it's getting longer. Because during the pandemic, some films were kind of either released to Disney Plus and you had to pay to watch it. Black Widow was one of them, I think Raya and The Last Dragon. So it had that kind of exclusivity when it wasn't being released to cinema where you had to pay the premium for it. But then the sort of the window between certainly some of the Marvel films going into the cinema and then going on to Disney Plus was really small. Whereas this year now, is it Bob Iger's in charge of Disney now? Again, uh, I believe so. Yes. Now, now he's in charge of Disney again. Again, the window between theatrical release and streaming release has grown to mirror what it is between theatrical and Blu-ray release. So, Ant-Man, I think, went on probably about three months after it had been released in the cinema. Whereas, I think, like Doctor Strange and those sort of films was like a month and a half. Um, Avatar is going on this month, and that's going to be six months since it came out. So, I think for some for some big tentpole things. It's it's growing. For the smaller indie stuff, it does seem to be quite small. So, like, um, Rye Lane was in cinemas and, and is now on Disney with a much smaller window. So this is, I think this was originally from IndieWire by Tom Bruggeman. Sorry, Tom, got your name wrong there. So it was it was using using the Super Mario Brothers movie as, as an example, and it will debut May 16th. Uh, so it already has done on, on Video On Demand. That's actually an outlier. Top Gun Maverick, for instance, wouldn't arrive for sale for buy and download for for ninety eight days. Mm. I think that's Tom Cruise has some sort of agreement though for things like that. So they looked at the average kind of thing in mid February across a six month period, and the window was thirty five days. Mm. So it took Shazam: Fury of the Gods twenty one days to to be on PVOD. Evil Dead Rise, 18 days. John Wick Chapter 4, 60 days. So it does seem to be per 
movie and and the the bigger yeah. ones tend to tend to take that little bit longer well, i think it's supposed to like, be the ones that are doing well at the cinema take longer yeah well i know that fury of the gods really did not do well hmm. whereas john wick 4 did i think didn't it yeah i mean and evil dead rise was going to be was going to be streaming anyway it just happened to they just released it theatrically and then hmm. yeah it, it's 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 weird that he, David Zaslav can be like, yes, he says, he literally said, we believe in full windowing. And yet, 21 day window between Shazam's cinema uh, release and its premium video on demand release, which is kind of nuts, really. And uh, let's not forget as well that cinemas make their money only, only the longer a film is in the cinemas. So the fact that they're sort of skipping that thing, almost, you know, they're not they're not being because like that's the thing. Once it's on sort of something like Disney Plus or whatever, there's no point. They, no one is going to go to the cinema to see something that's on Disney Plus. No, if it's a new film and they want to see it, it's it, it's it's that's just stupid. You're paying for it twice. Hmm. The fact that they want to sort of skip that, so it's in cinemas and and you know, I mean, they're bringing they're bringing about the destruction of cinemas they're making sure that these tent poles that they're, they're either going to be huge hits or complete flops and then then it's it's shoved onto streaming services and everything like that and what kind of really makes me unhappy about the whole thing is that i saw a bunch of comments about this about the the sort of small theatrical kind of release windows and whatever and they were like good i prefer to watch it at home and it's like, yes, but that's not making the money that it would in the cinema. If you want, if you want films to continue, the cinema is still the best bet at the moment because people aren't being compensated fairly for the whole thing. Hence, the writers' strike. Mm. You and, know, and there might be a director's strike and an actor's strike as well, apparently. Yes, and I'm. It it sucks because it's it's delayed some TV and movies that I was looking forward to, mm. but I don't. It doesn't matter. It's for the the overall health of the industry, and and fuck all these people who are trying to kind of like just cut out what they think are the middlemen, you know, the people who actually made the fucking things. If if the DGA and everything kind of decides to go on strike, hopefully it will shock them into action. They'll go, oh wait a minute. We can't just rely on AI to write our things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not a good time for things. And, and, you know, I mean, personally, Blade the movie has been paused again because, because of the writer's strike. Uh, the community movie was apparently very close to proper production, and that's been delayed again. Oh, come on, I didn't know that. Yeah, Andor, Stranger Things, Thunderbolts. These are all being paused or delayed. Yes, apparently community was upsettingly close to starting production before this. Yeah, Deadpool three is filming, but there's a sort of I don't know whether it's been confirmed, but there's a rumor that Ryan Reynolds isn't allowed to improvise because he's a member of the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. Him improvising it might constitute a rewrite of the script, so he's not allowed. Oh, because directors wow. and producers are allowed to rewrite on the day. Because they're unless they're part of the WGA, so if something new, because usually with films they, they you know they have writers on set to rewrite things as they're going, mm. but now it's a, a director or a producer can do it, and Ryan Reynolds is a producer of Deadpool three, but he's also a writer for it, and he's a member of the WGA, WGA. 
So if he improvises, which a lot of the humor in Deadpool is based on him improvising, it counts as a rewrite. Didn't he just like say that I was acting as a producer during that bit rather than a writer? He's, he's still a member of the WGA. Yeah, well, this is how this is how complicated things get. It is quite serious and does have, have lasting implications because the other writer's strike we remember was in sort of the mid-2000s, I think, yeah. or mid to late 2000s. You know, television programs got cancelled or, you know, rewritten. In some ways, I think like Breaking Bad got changed because of it, like completely. Yeah, plenty of things did. And and the ones that actually soldiered on tended to be rubbish because it was like, oh, it was written during the writer's strike. You yes, know? yeah, or, or used, as a, used as an excuse. But, yes, um, well. Like Quantum of Solace was during the writer's strike. Yeah, but that was a tightly plotted piece of awesomeness. Sorry, I had some weird feedback then. It said like you sounded like you said it was awesome. No, I said it's awful. awful. Yeah, they can go. Yeah, yeah. What you say about um, about the sort of the the AI? I mean, I know I think I've used it a couple of times in here. The, the, the on like to write the introduction for our weather thing, I just found it interesting to see what it could do. And then when we did some of the Harry Potter things to to something around Fantastic Beats and Unforgivable Verses. So it, whilst I am aware I didn't come up with it, it's. It, 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 it's very weird because it does produce something convincing, but it's nothing mm. original because it's based on, as you say, other work. And yeah. at the, at, towards the end of our uh, Fantastic Beasts episode, we, we talked about, I think we vaguely talked about putting the rock into it, in, into Harry yeah. Potter. And I did yeah. ask, at, at the time, I did ask ChatGPT what that would be like. And initially tells you no because they're completely different things. The rock wouldn't be suited to it. And but sort of the more you prod, it will eventually give you something. But it's just a generic sort of thing. So yes, you can get synopsis and stuff, but it's it's always going to be based on based on based on something else. And yeah. part of the thing that's been around a lot this month, or probably the month before as well, that was funny the first time, and it was clever the first time. It was it was AI's imagined Wes Anderson. If Wes if Wes Anderson did, I think it was Star Wars was first. And then they did Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. And the first time it was funny. It's like, yeah, yeah, Wes Anderson does have a style that we all recognise. But that's not his only thing. And so I guess, it, yes, you can get AI to do a, um, to direct something or create something. But it's only ever going to be based on stuff it knows. It's not going to have, like, yes, Wes Anderson does have a particular palette. But it's different for each film. It, each film of his is different to his style. Yeah. But this this Wes Anderson does Star Wars, Wes Anderson does Harry Potter, Wes Anderson does Lord of the Rings. I did find the Star Wars one funny at first, but because it's been done for everything, and it's the same one-note joke over and over again of people square in frame, pastel colours, and it's usually one of four actors. But that's not his stuff. That's not just what he does. So, yes, you yeah. can say to AI, do Star Wars in the style of Wes Anderson, but it'll only do based on certain things. If Wes Anderson directed a Star Wars film, it wouldn't look like that. No. No. But but this is the thing. And also, the one of the key components to this AI thing as well is that, because you could say, well, if it gets inspiration from all these different things, um, you could track it back and say, well, give them some money, give them some money. I mean, this is if they were into paying people what they're owed, which, as we know from current events, they're not. But even if that was the case, it's difficult because each company keeps a very tight lid on 
the actual sort of thinking process of their AI things because there are competing ones out there. So their actual process, their actual kind of like the prompt going in and then the stuff coming out, that's all That's all kept secret. It's also, it's also up to bias depending on what's been fed into it. Yeah, and they say exactly. As, as newer and newer models emerge, they'll just be based on the existing AI thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you're also you're not going to have the sort of fluidity. You know, if we just talk about film, you're not going to have the fluidity. I know, but you're talking you're talking as someone who has a love of the written word and creativity and things like that. You are not thinking it from a business jerk who just wants superhero movie five to be out for next summer because they've already started the started making the toys. Mm. You know, they they are just a. To to these studio heads and people like that, they they are just more parts of the machine. They're not they're not the sort of lifeblood of it. They're not the heart of the whole thing. They are just parts. Like marketing is a part, and and like you know, hiring a catering crew is a part. They they they're not valued. These 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 creatives are not valued in what they're doing, and they're being dicked out of money left, right, and center. Hmm. And, you know, and it's just, yeah. So, yes, you were thinking, yes, of course it would be soulless and, of course, it would be derivative and, of course, it would only have the same thing. They don't care about that shit. Hmm. It's just get it done, get it on the screen so we can make more money. They don't, they're not in it for the love of movies. They're in it for the love of money. And that's the sad truth of it all. This is, this is the, the whole art and business thing colliding in the middle again. It's always, there's always an, uneasy kind of tension between them so yeah i mean it's it sounds ridiculous that they would they would try and have a, a, a an ai written movie but then also knowing them it, it doesn't it might be something that is kind of around for a couple of months and everyone's talking about it and then when there's not a real use for it in the way it is at the moment like this week the trend has been looking at famous album covers and then saying hey i recreates well you know imagines what's that just outside the frame and, yeah. and i've seen that sort of done for for famous film shots as well it's interesting as a concept it's not the be all and end all but it's like last year everything was nfts and you you know you're going to have nft films and nft tv programs and that's kind of gone away now because i think interest waned i think at the moment i think the ai, AI will be like that for, for you can use it for creative stuff but if you wanted to do a picture of a house it'll do a picture of a house if you decide to draw a picture of a house but part way through you decide you know what it's going to be a space house or something or it's going to be like an mc escher type type drawing or, or you change your mind completely and paint all paint it all over in, in black and do a night sky it's up to you because you're creating it if you told ai to put to paint a picture of a house, it'll just be a picture of a house. It won't have the journey. No, of course it won't. And and it's the trouble is, I think I think this will have more permanence than NFTs. NFTs mm. were just a fucking scam oh, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. cryptocurrency people. They were they were hyping it up to buggery because they needed people to buy in to keep the scam going. You know that was the whole thing. If they if they kind of were seen investing in the whole thing, if they made it sort of like socially desirable to have nfts for for things and oh you want an nft no way i do as well that's really cool look at this really ugly monkey picture i've got this ai as a thing that's it's only going to get better ai helps us numerous ways you know from from assistance on our phone to i mean i think it even kind of like 
goes through job applications and things like that for certain companies. Like AI is is here to stay. It, it's not the fad that NFTs were. AI is, and it's only going mm. to get better and more convincing. And things like that um, are useful. The sort of the the, the, the menial tasks and, and and that the yeah. Or, or but that's being it. Fancy Google that you got. It's almost like Google you can chat to. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I think pretty much all search engines have that function now, hmm. where you can we chat to them and, and 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 get get results. So, yes, I don't know. I I I think they just want some assurance. They want to be sort of a bit of future proofing for their jobs, which yeah, yeah, is understandable. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, when you look at something like Disney removing the Willow TV series, I was going to go on to Disney's removals. Yeah, but it's all linked. Hmm. It's all part of the same thing. The point being is that it's gone because they didn't want to have to pay any extra stuff on it. They were just like, well, it's not getting the view views, so hmm. fuck it. Yes, yeah, so Disney has, has got rid of a load of its streaming catalogue uh, hmm. this month, including Flora and Ulysses, and that was a, a nice film. I watched it a couple of times. It was lovely. A film about a girl and a squirrel. It was great. I was going to say that was about the superpowered squirrel, wasn't it? Yeah. It was nice, yeah. but now you know these things aren't getting released on DVD, so that's it. You can't see it. Yep, gone. Yep, that's like, why like we say hooray physical media. Yep, like tears and rain. Yeah, exactly. But but this is this is this is the issue. We, as as much as we kind of toss that off like a catchphrase, we both fully believe in it as a thing. I mean, and it's still not perfect. I mean, DVDs and, and especially the early printed DVDs, are, you can get disc rot. It, these things don't last forever. Yeah, yeah. Have a look at disc rot. There, there is. It gets all milky and won't play. Ah, that's annoying. Yeah. Well, it, it, some of the early printed kind of things. There are there are others that kind of say, and and there are enough DVDs out there that you can get a replacement for mm. nothing. So I wouldn't worry about it too too much. I mean, the only way you could do it is keep it on a server somewhere, and even then. That's not, you know, they, the, these things, we don't have a permanent hold on them no. as a thing. But at least with physical media, at least with these things, that we keep it for a long period of time. Yes, I don't think any of my Blu-rays have disc rot at the moment. But then again, I haven't checked all several hundred of them. So maybe some of them do. I don't know. But as far as I'm aware... I still have my collection that I can go to when I want to watch a film I want to watch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and while I didn't watch the Willow TV series or whatever, because by all accounts, it was not good. It sucks that that choice is being taken away from us. And they didn't ask anyone, did they? They didn't say, oh, look, if, do you mind if we just take this? So they was just like, no, it's gone. One day it's gone. And again, it's, they are, they are brutal when it comes to these things. It's it's a quick execution gone cut, and and that is why you can just about trust your physical hmm. movie collection and and whatever, or if you have it on some sort of digital streaming thing, like if you have a server or whatever. But as you said, even when you buy things on like Amazon, whatever, you don't actually own them. No, it's no. just like a long term rental yeah. type deal. It sucks. It, it it's a horrible it's a horrible horrible situation that we're finding ourselves in because. There are going to be more of these things now because of the strike and because of things where they don't want to pay any extra money and blah, blah, blah. And and things are going to start disappearing. And 
they're doing the standard cable company thing of some streaming services are now being lumped together in a package for the kind of thing. So, you know, we're back to where we were 30 years ago. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that, that is especially true of business because uh, there are too many people making too much money. And yeah, so and while, while we have talked about like four or five different things, they are all all related, unfortunately, because it is it is a big deal. So yeah, May actually, I mean, I think it the, the strike starts the second of May. So this is this is it's now hit it's it's been going on for a month at time of recording. And, and it's not stopping anytime soon. What else you got, Rob? I guess what we're sort of sort of not talking about trailers is uh Taikwatiti's been doing the rounds again. Everyone hates him. I don't know why. I think it's just jealous. But he made a fairly reasonable comment about how long he'll be remembered for, saying that nobody really remembers who directed Casablanca. And I don't know yeah. off the top of my head. I do now because everyone's been shouting about it all week, about how dare he forget the... Isn't it, isn't it Michael someone? Yeah, Michael Kulitz. Yeah. See, I, I, I was only recently reminded of that. He's right. Michael, sorry. Michael yeah. Kurtitz. 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 Oh, okay. Curtis. 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 Michael Curtis. Yeah. But I liked you saying Curtis. You know I'm gonna edit that, so it just sounds no. like I got it right first time. No, 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 you're not, because I'm gonna I'm gonna keep referring back to it. This is payback for your rock roaches thing, you scumbag. <laughs> do you not remember the rock roaches? I do, but I cannot remember the context. <laughs> because because I was talking about I think it was in our Men in Black thing. And I was talking about the, the welfare, the, the cockroaches, because we've both come across the fact that animal welfare was very involved in Men in Black to make sure that none of the cockroaches were killed in the finale of the film. Mm. And then I talked about, I wonder if they had the same people on set for The Rock, because, because there's a bit where the cockroaches are exploding because of the VX gas and whatever. And, and you, you made a rockroaches joke, I said, yeah, very good. I'm going to edit that out. And then you kept saying rockroaches, so it would be even harder to edit that out. What so, a funny chap I am. Yes, I know. Rockroaches. <laughs> yeah, I know. That joke was the quartets. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah, Taika Waititi, anyway. And uh, he, he's not wrong. Not many, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to say nobody knows who directed Casablanca, but. I think not everybody does, but then not everybody knows he directed a Thor film. Yeah. Well, people haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Hmm. Yeah, well, it just he he gets he gets hatred for a while, and he will for another couple of years, and then he'll be forgotten about, and then then he'll have a comeback and whatever. Like, I mean, I don't I don't think he actually cares. And that's what was coming across in that interview. I don't think he it, it actually gets to him much. Hmm. It's just weird that people took that one line and got really cross for I don't know, no reason. People people really don't like him because of Love and Thunder. I think it was but before it, then, I think, because people were, didn't like him in him acting in Free Guy. It it did seem that I think because Ragnarok was so popular and I think for the first few months after Ragnarok it was like oh he, he couldn't do any wrong. And now I think people are kind of fed up with that. And then so just dislike him for any means necessary. 
people do seem to like to have a contrary opinion and it is it's it's the same kind of feeling behind you know we're talking about batman at the moment so the algorithm just keeps bringing me batman related tweets on on twitter mm. and most of it is people saying michael keaton's the best batman he's the only batman i don't think that's true i think nostalgia is a lot to play with that but then nostalgia probably is the reason why i you know i like christian bale because they're the first ones i saw but then now there's a bit of people saying, oh, how awful everything is in The Dark Knight and they're so overrated and um, the Robert Pattinson one is the best one. And th- there's a bit, there's a clip going around, which is him sort of at the end of the Batman when he's sort of jumping in, in some scaffolding and knocking over some goons. And people are saying, this is better than anything in, in the Christopher Nolan films. It's, it's not. I think people just like to have a controversial opinion. Yeah, just comes off as well, petty. Oh, especially Batman fans are the fucking worst, dude. They really are. There's something about liking the uh, a power fantasy, as you know, as in the, the vigilante type thing, the looking cool, being cool thing, being brooding, all that stuff. People who really like, I would, I would much rather be if someone, if all I knew about someone was that they liked Batman or they liked Superman, I'd be friends with the Superman one because while I'm a Batman fan. Batman fans can go weird. Superman fans actually do tend to be more positive. It's a it's a really weird thing, but it it's my rule of thumb for people, and it hasn't steered me wrong so far. Except with me. Yeah, well, that was exception to the rule. I'm not friends with you at all. That's how I managed to get around that. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the solution is stop looking at film Twitter for a while. Yeah, I think. You know, it, it. It unfortunately, I think that is the thing because everyone's looking for the newest, hottest take. Hmm. You know, I mean, I got sick of film Twitter when it was constantly brigaded by Snyder Bros. They do seem to have shut up now. No, because now they hear James Gunn. Yeah. Yes, I. I don't have. I don't have the energy for it anymore. I'm getting old. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes. Well, Taika Waititi. Yes, he's hated now. I guess, but. Yeah, it won't matter in a few years. People suck. Trailers. By the way, across the Spider-Verse, fucking rules. Okay. Uh, of course it does. Yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of um, positive comments about it on the old internets. Yeah, well, I mean, it, some of them are getting a little he- ahead of themselves by saying it's better than the first one. I think, try not to go, because the, the first one is special for a reason. Hmm. This one is still very, very good. It's a proper five star any day of the week because it it accomplishes so much. And even when in my screening with kids, the kids were actually quiet during like just the talky parts, not okay. the not the sort of Spider Man web slinging action type things. So, uh, so yes, when you it will definitely be good to do a pod episode on. I think. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to see it on Father's Day. Yes. Did you see yes. the first one in the cinema? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm a hipster like that. Plus, yeah, plus, it, it, it was it was a Spider-Man movie. I was going to go and see it in the cinema. Hmm. Okay, yeah, because yeah. um, I was reading something today. Uh, Richard Newby on Twitter, who's a, a sort of a film critic who I follow and quite like, and he was saying that the first one has done really well on like disc and word of mouth mm. afterwards, but in like the in its cinematic release, it wasn't. You know, it did okay, but it wasn't massive whereas now it's almost doing what a you know live action marvel film would be doing in terms yeah. of numbers yeah and and you know it won 
an Oscar. Yeah, and yeah. it's funny how that was kind of yeah. I yes, I saw it in the cinema because uh, I had to. Okay, but, um, but then I didn't. I wish I had because yeah, it's, it's it's a really good film. Well, yeah. The I mean, I think genuinely in the past ten years. I think up with sort of all time scenes, the what's up danger mm. scene that that that's kind of suiting up, and then then just the chill moment before he fucking flips off the glass building and oh, and the sort of jumping shot. up towards the city. Yeah, that shot, instantly iconic, mm. amazing. So uh, so yes, cool, and cool. and they they really they really dive into the whole Spider Man thing and what it means to be Spider Man, and it's very very interesting in Across the Spider Verse. And there was an audible sort of like oh, a frustration when the to be continued came up. Okay, so you know you're doing something right when people aren't just like oh thank God that's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they're just like oh, but it was just it was just getting to that point. Uh, yeah, and the visuals alone, man, it's it's worth seeing on the big screen just for just for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, oh, well, we'll do a, a podcast after it. Yeah, for sure. I saw a film this month which also ends with a to be continued. Got Fast and Furious Ten. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Apparently, it's quite good. It's so good. It's definitely top three of those films. So, does it make up for Fast Nine? Yes. Yeah, okay. it's really, really good. How they got so oh. they just keep piling new people into it. Jason Momoa, oh. and I mean this without any irony, it is one of the best villain roles I've ever seen. Well, apparently he's, he's so doing good. his his best Joker. Yes, yeah, yeah, I've seen that, and I can see the comparison. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I will actually make time to to see it because uh, you are the second person I've heard uh, where you're just like. Oh my god, that movie! Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and Momoa especially. Momoa's like... brilliant. It's, 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 it's all very good. The set pieces are, are great. I'd be interested in what you see because there's a mid-credit scene that I think has been tacked on, and I think the end. Well, I already, I already know the end credits thing. Okay, uh, I think that was filmed afterwards, and the bit that comes at the very end, I think, was the mid-credit scene. Right. Okay. Hello, Rob here. Just to let you know that the next couple of minutes have spoilers for the current Fast and Furious film. So if you don't want to hear something that's been fairly heavily publicised elsewhere, please skip ahead for the next couple of minutes and then we'll stop talking about it. Thanks. Which one is the one that says The Rock is back? That's the mid-credits. And that's it. There's not post-credits. But the scene that comes just before the credits, I think, was originally the mid-credits scene. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll have to check it out. Because as, as we said, I think we both chatted about it because we hadn't seen it in the, the cinema and, and kind of ended up catching it later. And it was just, it it was too in on the joke. Yeah. And and this time it's like they know where the line is now, so there are no bullshit kind of... But it's gone back on, on, on that knowing the joke, I think, that it's sort of, yeah, that the center of the current space, I think, was too far. It's... They, yeah. they've rolled back on that. I think Fast 7 is always going to be the most poignant one because of... Um, Paul Walker. I think this is back to sort of Fast 8 where it's just fun or Hobbs and Shaw where it's just fun. That's actually looking like that might be a possibility again now. Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. No, apparently not. Well, they're doing like a, a Hobbs spin-off, yeah, so, aren't they? Because we've talked about doing this sort of franchise up to 10 and then do 10. But then we said, oh, there's only one more afterwards. We'll wait till that. Yeah. In some areas, this is called Fast 10 Part or Fast X Part 1, and it was going to be Part 2 was out next year. That's now out in 2025, which is now part of a trilogy, and they're putting in a Hobbs spin-off, which isn't connected to Hobbs and Shaw. 
Jesus. I saw a great comment saying that The Rock has basically now been Henry Cavilled. Yeah, well, exactly. Yes, it is interesting how he's kind of come back with cap in hand to the Fast and Furious and Moana. franchise. And Moana, yeah. No, it's good, though. I, I really enjoyed it. I've seen another film in cinema recently, since we're on a theme. Oh, shit. Go on, then. The Little Mermaid. And how was it? It was good. Was it, it, was good. Was it woke? Uh, was I stayed it? awake through all of it. Yeah. It was the very good. first film I saw at the cinema was the animated one when I was little. Because they used really? to re-release them in the cinema every couple of years, didn't they? The old yeah, Disney yeah, album. yeah. So it was the very first film I remember seeing at cinema was The Little Mermaid. Wow. I mean, it seems to be doing okay at the box yeah, office. No, a, lot of people, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, you know, this is just standard Disney. I just, the, I just hate how everything is such a big deal. It, it really annoys me. that and And half the time... The people criticising it just want plausible deniability because they're racist. Mm. It has to be said. It just It's one of those things. They So they can't actually say, well, I've got a problem with, um, is it Halle Bailey? Halle Confusingly. Bailey, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they had a problem with her. But, I mean, I've heard her voice. God damn, she's got a hell she of a voice on her. Brilliant. She was, well, obviously the star of the film. She, she was really, really good. Yeah. A lot of people annoyed by Aquafina as uh, the seagull. Uh, I don't think it's a seagull in this one, but oh well, bird. The bird, yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It was Aquafina was was fun. There's a rap between Aquafina and David Diggs as Sebastian the crab. Yep. No, it was all it was all good. It, it was not fine. It was I think it was on the better half, but also the better side of Disney live action remakes. We've chatted quite a bit about live action Disney. Hmm. It it's uh, firmly in the positive camp. What is the best song from The Little Mermaid, and is it still the best song in this one? Under the Sea, I think, was the best one. I think so. I mean, I I, I like Kiss the Girl and Poor Unfortunate Souls. Mm. Those no, are my three as well. Those are my three favourites, but there's something so brilliant about Under the Sea. So catchy. How was Melissa McCarthy? Fine. Yeah, all good. I mean, yeah, it didn't help that I'd seen villain. Jason Momoa the, sort of the evening before. As a villain. <laughs> so now all villains pretty much compared to Dante Reyes. Wow, he's really had an impact on you. No, but yeah, L- L- Little Mermaid was great. No, it, was, it, was, it was a nice film. It was a, did the chillins enjoy it? They did. And afterwards, I did my long-running tradition of when I watch a kid's film is to explain why the villain was in the right. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> now, here's why... Hitler was actually a good guy. Number one, and they're like, Dad, can we just like stop for ice cream or something? No, 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 no. Anyway, so the Third Reich, great idea. You oh, are a terrible person. Yeah, I've got one of the, you know, that, 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 sort of one of those trestle tables that they have that it shows on the internet so often with, Ursula was right, prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's Stephen Crowder in that, in that meme. That's who? Stephen Crowder. I don't know who that is. Some right wing pillar. Okay, I'm happy not knowing who that is. That's why he's he's sitting back all smug, like you know, changed my mind type thing. But yes, he's got a he's got a, a right wing show. He's apparently a comedian, but I mean, he's never made me laugh like with the things he said. But uh, yeah, he's got loud with Crowder. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. But you know, without context, memes are just memes. Trailers. Well, actually, can we do some casting news before... Casting news. <laughs> Thank you. Seamlessly done. Just got a few things which I don't know any more information than these things, so that's why I just thought I'd 
be kind of like tossed off, rapid style The Beetlejuice 2 cast is actually looking pretty good. Jen Ortega, Michael Keaton, Monica Bellucci, Winona Ryder, Willem Dafoe, Catherine O'Hara, and Justin Theroux. Now, I think it's still a wrong-headed idea, but I don't know. You know, people like Willem Dafoe, and I love Catherine O'Hara, and, you know, Jen Ortega's on a roll. So um, it, it, could, it could be good. It could be good. Matt Berry has joined Jason Momoa in the Minecraft movie. Goodness me. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not going to start getting excited because, you know, you know, I think we both are Berry fans and Momoa fans from the sounds of things, especially recently for you. That's some, that's some wacky casting right there, Matt Berry and Jason Momoa, but it could work. I mean, obviously, I think they, they, they need to be shooting for the Lego movie type deal for a Minecraft movie mm. because, again... Minecraft, while it does have lore and, and a story as such, it is kind of more about how you play with it than than what is what is there. So, well, but we'll so see. is Lego, though. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Hmm. So, so you know, like maybe kind of involving all of that because I don't think it's going to be like a proper story. You have things like the End of Dragon and whatever. And I mean, look that up on YouTube and there are things with like, you know, 65 million views just on like how to beat this dragon or whatever. Like kids love that stuff. So there's clearly something to it. But then the Playmobil film, I think, tried the same tact and that didn't do very well. No, I never saw that. Neither have I. Uh, it was advertised a lot, but then... Yeah, I'll check it out at some point. But yeah, exactly. Should we tell Edge of Four is in Venom 3? That's your Venom 3 update. And joins Juno Temple and Tom have you, Hardy. Have That's you got it. a sound effect for Venom? Because you've got your thwips for Spider-Man. No, I just need a kind of... But better than that. Because Venom has that sort of raw type... Alien kind of raw type thing. Yeah, maybe that could be it. Carl Urban is looking like he's going to be in the second Mortal Kombat as Johnny Cage, which is interesting. I thought they would have gone with The Miz. The wrestler, Mike Mizzening, because he that is basically his character. I think they're going for the more modern Mortal Kombat type things where Johnny Cage is an is an aging action star. So Carl Urban being in that works for me. I had fun with the first one. And weirdly, uh Rhea Seahorn is in Bad Boys 4. Yes, I saw uh, Ray. <laughs> Ray Seahorn. Rhea Seahorn, is it? No, Ray. Ray. Mm-hmm. Ray Seahorn. Ray Skywalker, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, Bad Boys 4 has Ray Seahorn. You said it right. First time. You can't prove it. <laughs> they should call it Bad Boys for Life. They should, because it's the fourth one. Hmm. They probably will. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, they kind of painted themselves into a corner. I think it would just be Bad Boys 4. Bad Boys for Life 2. Yes. That that was that was it. I've got. They are making a Blood Meridian movie, or trying to. That's a book series. That's a book. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I don't. I don't know. I haven't read it. Yeah, um, so... written by Cormac McCarthy, who wrote the road oh, and stuff. Oh, the road. It, it's yeah, meant yeah, to be. Yeah. It's meant to be unfilmable, and it's yeah, dark and very violent. It's like a really violent western. Well, they they said that about Morbius, and look where we are now. And Morbius isn't written by Cormac McCarthy. He's <laughs> no, no. um, actually being adapted for the screen by Cormac McCarthy and directed by John Hillcoat, who directed The Road. Mm, well, I like The Road. Gareth Evans of The Raid has been documenting on Instagram how he is recolouring the first Raid film. 
That's quite interesting. I haven't seen that. Is he releasing like a remastered? He's not sure type? at the moment. He's uh, so, but he's going back frame by frame and adding color, like recoloring it. And it does look really good, actually. What he's doing, he's only showing stills um, at the moment, and it's almost like he's just doing it for him. That it, there's no kind of release planned or anything, but yeah, we'll keep you posted. That'd be cool, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it looks really good. He, yeah. I mean, not that I ever saw the raid and thought, oh, God, this is a dreary film, because it's got that kind of cold palette anyway, mm. and it suits it suits the movie. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If, he, if he feels he can make it, like, properly pop, and it's the director doing it rather than some twat with, uh, you know, too much time on their hands, then, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it's, not like it's, it's not like it's suddenly going to be in glorious Technicolor, but it's, um, no. yeah, it, it, I guess it looks cleaner. Although the murky aspect of it does suit the film, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. That's what that's what I was saying. It was kind of you know. I mean, yeah, it, I'm, it's, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, it's a it's a dirty like tenement type thing. It's raining outside. We're not going to get we're not going to get primary colours, are no, we? Really? No, no. God, um, they're good films. I know they really are. And the raid two does have a proper colour palette as well with some of the gangster stuff and some of the more opulent kind of things like the restaurant and everything that has a decent kind of thing. Whereas they have this the same sort of washed out thing for obviously the big old fight in the mud in the prison hmm. because again, I think that being in <laughs> glorious technical would be a bit weird. I haven't seen that. I'll, I will check that out. I'll check out what he's saying because uh, I like Gareth Evans very much. He's, he's uh, both got a new film coming out this year. Mm. Well, he's a very talented filmmaker. Yes, I will always watch things he's done. Uh, anything else? Uh, nothing non-trailery. Uh, non-trailery. Did you see that there are Sauron butterflies? Are there? What, like real-life butterflies? Real-life butterflies oh. that have been named after Sauron because they have eyes on their wings. This is quite the BBC thing. Uh, this was on the 7th of May, and <laughs> you'll be happy to know, this was the first thing I wrote down for May. <laughs> it was Lord of the Rings butterflies. Oh. Uh, just Scientists have named a new group of butterflies after the villain Sauron from the Lord of the Rings novels. Experts hit on the name Sorona because the black rings on the insect's orange wings reminded them of the all-seeing eye described in J.R. Tolkien's books. My the Natural History Museum in London hopes the unusual title will draw attention to the species and help generate more research. So there we go. It's very cool. So yeah, Sorona. I, yeah. I, so I've Googled my Serona and it, <laughs> I will admit, I had an image in my head of what I thought it would look like, and it's not this. I'm slightly disappointed by this. By this well, butterfly. that's. But it, it just says it reminds them, not that it's exactly the same. Yeah, but. And uh, plus, it's. They admit that it's a bit of a stunt to get more research onto butterflies. The fact that they're finding new butterflies and everything is cool. I thought, as a nature fan, you'd be all for this. But uh, no, it's not novel accurate, apparently, according to Rob Benya. So yeah. therefore, therefore, you know, shut down that scientific endeavour. I don't know what impresses you these days. I don't know what impresses you these days. Many things impress me. Okay, well, like Shania fucking Twain. <laughs> 
your um, your grasp of up to date references impressively. I know. <laughs> That's mine. I feel like a woman. I know, but the fact you know that <laughs> means that you are just as sad as I am. I have that album on CD, Array for physical media. Tying it all back, lovely. So trailers. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw two that I wanted to talk about, so you'll have to tell me the others. I finally did watch that Elemental trailer, though. Mm. And what did you think? I, I mean, it looks okay, but it, I, it seems like by the numbers, which I think a lot of people are saying about this sort of Pixar thing, like, mm. you know, two characters from different worlds have to sort of, like, forge a relationship and whatever. Like, the some of the jokes seem quite innovative and whatever, but, I mean... This seems like sort of early DreamWorks type things rather than Pixar. Yeah, yeah, I, I, can, say see, I, can, a, I can see you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say that as a question for both DreamWorks and Pixar, but I, I think that Pixar would have would have gone. You know, the fact that they cancelled entire movies because the, the you know they couldn't get the third act of a story working or whatever. Mm. It it feels like they're on autopilot a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Um, and and this does seem like you know they're going to and I'm sure you know very very talented artists and people are going to have worked on this thing. It's going to be a shame, but it does look like it's not going to do particularly well at the box office either. It's not tracking well from what I've seen. I try not to pay too much attention to the box office thing because it does seem like an absolute crapshoot and no one knows what the hell they're talking about. But uh, there are certain indicators that that would lead people to believe that it's it's actually not going to do very well and it certainly doesn't look like a must see does it that's a that's a way for disney Disney yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. exactly and that's that's what they've trained us to do nowadays as well that's that's exactly the thing when Mm. they have these these films come on you know like especially with that sort of theatrical window shrinking and whatever if it doesn't do very well at the box office it could be two weeks before it hits disney plus it's not a good system for the long-term health of the industry. It's a good system for the consumer, but then I wish people could see past being it being good for the consumer. Like, you know, there are people saying, oh, well, good, I get to watch it in my house. I get to control the volume and have much nicer food, and I don't have kids running around if I don't want to. You know, and, and you know, I, I saw some people when they were talking about Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard, which at the moment is still hung because of the british decision they were just like oh well it gets us call of duty on game pass and you're just like can you not see outside of the thing you you talk about loving this industry you follow these things and yet you can't see past your own convenience that was like when people were were asking disney to buy sony to have the rights of spider-man yeah and you know you'd lose so much like the amount of projects and things got cancelled due to the disney fox acquisition Mm. you know there's there's not been a, a sort of a book of life sequel and i don't think there will be because that was being produced by by fox and that's just one of them of many many films yeah well and that's it and it's just like maybe they have been trained to be selfish consumers maybe it is that sort of thing just like cheer these things because you might get that thing that you like on a streaming service which will then disappear in 10 years which will exactly exactly because some other massive company will buy it or buy part of it or they'll get you know, it's just it, it it's endless. It, it this whole thing is endless, and I just wish that people would stop celebrating these things. I I do think it's a shitty situation we're in now, and 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 things do need to change. So strikes, 
do bring about change, thankfully. So we'll see. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately, while I probably will be watching Elemental on Disney+, Plus, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it is a sign of a, an industry that's sort of flailing around a little bit. So, yeah, so, yeah. It looked pretty, though. It looked like a very pretty yeah, film. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that. I mean, you know, and it's become a go-to kind of thing now, but it, it did look like it was almost written by AI. You know, just like have two characters from different worlds, you know, do the Romeo and Juliet thing. Hmm. I mean, The Simpsons had a, had a whole thing, which was Pixar cards, like a, a world of, of playing cards. Like, so you had jokes about that. So, you know, the, the Jack of Hearts was played by Jack Nicholson, etc. And that seems to have more opportunities for jokes and everything than just elemental things do, like earth and, and wind and fire and water. Gas. Gas is part of wind. Wind is part of gas, even. I'm good at science. We'll see. It could be good. It could be really, really good, and then I'll have to shut my mouth. And I, I would be happy to be proved wrong, because a good Pixar film, there are very few things like it. A good Pixar film just hits you and, and lives with you. Brilliant. But I can't remember. What was the last Pixar film you were wowed by? Luca? Yeah. It's quite a while ago, though, wasn't it? Uh, a year or two. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, I've been uh, playing Lego The Incredibles, I, so I got I rewatched The Incredibles too because I'd seen it before, but I'd forgotten everything about it. Hmm. It's not it's not a bad movie. Yeah, they're all right. The Incredibles, it's, it's pretty good. And The Incredibles, the first one, I really really like. But then going through because it's got like a hub world and everything. While you're unlocking other superheroes and superheroes that are mentioned in the Incredibles movies and things like that. There are also Pixar characters that you can unlock. Hmm. So you get Linguini, who has Remy as a as a, like a summonable thing, so Remy can go through like pipes and things. You get Dory, so you get to swim under the water. You get Lightning McQueen, so father and, and and so it just reminds me of all the cool Pixar things. And and Sully from Monsters Inc. His idle animation is the scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. You know. So the most recent Pixar film was Lightyear last year. Turning mm. Red also last year, Luca twenty twenty one, Soul oh. twenty twenty, and onward. I did, I did love Turning Red. Yeah, Turning Red, Turning Red, Luca and Soul were all good. Yeah, onward I liked as well actually, but it's but that's the thing we're comparing it to things like like all timers because I I still think Inside Out is one of their best. Yeah, yeah. Inside Out, Coco. Coco was insane. No film, no film of theirs has made me fucking cry as much as Coco mm. did. Brave was good. <laughs> Cars three wasn't too bad. I never, I never quite got on with Brave. I think if I was, if I think if I was a girl, I would definitely get on with Brave a little bit more. But just, I, I felt that that the whole like kind of the brothers being the bears and everything kind of lost weight. And controversial opinion, I like up. I think the opening of Up is one of the one of the finest things that that Pixar have done, and yeah. one of the finest things in animation. Full stop. Yeah, the yeah. rest of the film does not hold up. Don't at me. That's not really a controversial opinion anymore. It was when it came out in two thousand and nine, but that was generally. I remember I got proper hate for that when when I said it. When I was brave enough to say it back in the day, it's just like what the the dogs in biplanes and everything. That's that's as good as the it's opening, a is it? Fight. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I don't think looking at their 
I know we're on a slight detour now. I, I think looking at Pixar, <laughs> they've never had like a an endless run of surefire hits. You've got Toy Story, brilliant. Bugs Life, meh. Toy Story 2, brilliant. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying Bugs Life is meh? I'm saying it's not as good as Toy Story, Toy Story 2. Well, that's given, but it's not a meh. It's lower tier. By any stretch. Monsters, Inc. Meh. Finding Nemo, meh. The Incredibles. <laughs> With your mirth for Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. is fantastic. It's all right. It's mid tier. Oh, oh my God! We are going to have some serious words when I next see you. I think the strongest run probably was Ratatouille, Wally, Up, and Toy Story Three. Yes, I would agree. I would agree with that. And then you've got, you know, there were Cars Two. I've not seen, but I've not heard great things. Brave was good. Monsters University was not. Inside Out was amazing. Good Dinosaur was awful. Finding Dory was pointless. Cars 3 was alright. Coco Incredibles 2. Toy Story... Nah. Onward, Soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, Soul, Luca and Turning Red I think was a, was a good run. And Lightyear is awful. I didn't think Lightyear was awful. Pointless. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm using pointless and awful interchangeably here. Yeah, which is not the same thing. No, I know. Trailers. So you, you've seen two? Was Elemental one of them? No. Okay. Elemental was just another one, but that just... So you've seen two on a... and another one. And if you add another one to the two, how many does that make? Yeah, but that doesn't count because you were talking about Elemental last time. Okay. So it doesn't count as the May one. So don't come at me with your one, two, three trailers <laughs> bullshit. Like, just, you know... Um, so they had the full trailer for Dead Reckoning. Yes. Uh, and I saw that in the cinema. Mm, uh, that looks so good. Yesterday. Oh my God. I cannot wait for that movie. I don't think and... everyone's going to make it. No, probably not. Uh-huh. Probably not. I, 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 I have a feeling that, well, that's going to make a great stinger then for the next one, isn't it? Mm. It, I, it was the first time I'd seen that mental Tom Cruise stunt of him driving the bike over the cliff or jumping off a train that. or yeah I know but but that one that one takes its time and it gives you the full scope of the mm. thing whereas all the others are just like holy shit that's that's dangerous and Tom Cruise is a is a mental man but this one because it takes its time and gives you the full scope and I saw it on a big screen as well I was mm. like holy crap that really hits different to watching it on the TV or on your phone so uh so yes I was I, I am, oh, I'm so stoked for it. I'm mm. so stoked for it. I, 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 if only there was some sort of recording where we talked about how much we liked the Mission Impossible movies. They're so good. Um, I love them. Yeah. So, so that was the thing. And the other one may not even count as a May trailer. I think it released just at the end of May. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Did, have you not seen that? Uh, no, I have not. Well, it actually looks very Spider-Verse inspired. Hmm. So it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. And they've gone for the cool thing of actually like making them seem like teenagers. A lot more, a lot of the kind of more modern takes on TMNT, they've actually kind of emphasized the teenage aspect because in like the original series and whatever, I, you could be forgiven for thinking they were fully grown adults. Yeah. Because of the way they acted, they didn't really act like teenagers. Do they have uh, like squeaky voices? Donatello does, I think, because <laughs> he's a geek and he's got the he's got the thing. But they're filming doing stupid ninja shit for things like TikTok, which is the most teenage thing I can think of at the moment. You know, at the moment. But the point being is that that it 
it feels authentic. It's got a soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, oh, cool. which is very surprising. Jackie Chan as Splinter. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's it, it has got a, a really cool voice cast. Hannibal Buress, Rose Byrne, uh, John Cena, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Natasia Dimitriou, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito? That's Esposito, I remembered yeah. that yeah. from... I remember that from last time. Post Malone, it actually looks a lot of fun, and the the actual kind of animation style and everything. It's got a lot of energy to it. It's very much Spider Verse, Mitchell's of the Machines type inspired thing with that sort of dynamic kind of thing, which I'm not going to get sick of. Hmm. I you know, it doesn't matter if I I that was one of the things that actually kind of watching uh, across the Spider Verse actually hammered home to me a little bit is that it does make traditional animation look kind of boring because there's so much else going on and it wouldn't suit every story ever. But like when you have like entire color palettes for certain characters, when you have those sort of dynamic things happening, those sort of kind of things, it, it does, it does make the whole thing more exciting. I think no, looking forward to it. So that'll be good. And, you know, I, I think I think they really hit on something with the Turtles in terms of the personalities and everything. And I love the fact that it can be translated to so many different things. Long may they continue. I like the TMNT. They're heroes in a half shell. So, what are the trailers that you watched that I haven't, probably? The full trailer for Barbie. Oh, I did see that, yes. Looks good. It looks uh, more of a fish out of water sort of... Leaving into the leaving Barbie Land into the real world than I thought, mm. but that no, looks really good. Looks really funny. Ryan Gosling looks, looks like he's having a lot of fun as Ken. Yes, and Ken, <laughs> and Ken. Yes, yeah. I I think it's going to be a a proper sort of. It it's giving me Lego Movie vibes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Enchanted as well. Yes, that's better that. Yeah. But, no, it looks fun. It looks it looks really bright as well. It looks nice. Mm. I don't know whether it's true. I saw something about that there was a shortage, a global shortage of pink paint because of all I, stuff. I saw that, and I'm not sure that's true. But damn, I wish it was. Mm. I I would like to think it's true until proven otherwise. On the same day that's released, Oppenheimer, the full trailer for that was released as well this month. It's got an R rating, mm. which is kind of surprising. Um, Maybe so it doesn't uh, leave enough impression on people and, can, and make, make a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like how in the 90s you couldn't have, back to the Ninja Turtles, using uh, nunchucks in the UK. Yes. Perhaps and they were the hero turtles. Yeah, perhaps they were worried that, you know, the youth will watch it and then go out and make their own atomic bomb. So do you think they've, like... Maybe there will be a PG thirteen cart where they've CGI'd over the bomb with sausages. <laughs> sausages, yeah. No, it wasn't. No, sorry, sausages was, was the reason the ban got lifted. Was it? There was some weird. Th- so yeah, they were really paranoid about the the sort of the, the BBFC when it was the uh, British Board of Film censorship because it's now certification classification. Mm. They were really worried uh, uh, from like the government down were, uh, about nunchucks and people copying you know what they saw on the television so any mention or sight of nunchucks was banned and had to be edited out including the the animated uh teenage mutant hero turtles for the uk and in the film 
the the sort of the film where the, the live action film there's a bit where one of them use or the the, the nunchucky one uses yeah okay uses sausages in place of nunchucks and they had to and, and i think they were going to edit it because legally they had to and i think that's kind of why the band went away that might be totally wrong but you know well, I know, I know that they were definitely worried about nunchucks mm. as a thing, and so that there were quite a few. That's why we had a, like a weirdly edited sort of intro and everything. Other than it clearly, so the line is Splinter taught them to be ninja teens, but we we had Splinter taught them to be fighting teens. But it was that sort of fighting that was clearly edited over the top. And yes, a lot of the Michelangelo kind of whipping the nunchucks about were were kind of thing. He. he he was given a line launcher uh, in later seasons because of that very thing. They were just like, well, we've got one title who can't use his signature weapon because of, I don't think it was just the UK, but the UK was definitely the biggest proponent of it, I think. So dumb. The BBFC used to have a thing about headbutts as well. Mm, yeah. It, that was, it, it, that it, was something they would, they would crack down on. I think, I think Attack of the Clones, they wanted to give a 12 rating to, I think, or or something like that, because there's a bit where where Django Fett headbutts Obi-Wan, and because Django Fett's wearing a helmet, it's worse, which, yes, it would be, but, like, yeah, they, they got, they used to get very, very weird about headbutts, and they would they would request them to be edited out. Yes, they don't seem to be in that business much anymore. Well, it's less They're, censorship, it's more classification now. I've got a book on yeah. sort of the history of the BBFC, and there's uh, it is interesting how things get you know, reassessed or, um, cause they, they survey people every sort of couple of years where they, you know, what words do you find offensive? And, you know, I think more swearing is allowed in films these days than, um, than yes, was well, maybe. I, I, love, I love the, the, the one F bomb used for, for 12A movies now hmm. or, or PG-13 things. Some movies have used that very, very well. Have you seen Guardians 3 yet? No. They have a very good F bomb. Oh yeah. I saw Guardians 3 in May. Forgot about that. It's very good, and it made me cry. Okay, it made me cry quite a lot. Yeah, I was supposed to see it this week, but the cinema cancelled the uh, the screening, which is annoying. Why did they cancel the screening? I don't know. I think they wanted to show something else because I think it's getting towards the end of its run now. Now, uh, well, it'll be on Disney Plus in two days or That's something. What I'm counting on. It is very, very good, though. I, I will say that I think it is a fantastic film and proper, proper emotional. Hmm. Yes, very, very well done. So, yes. Uh, so, go on, other trailers. So, I did see the Barbie one. You've reminded me that I saw the Barbie one, and I've seen the Oppenheimer one as well, so I'm two for two so far. Okay. I didn't know it was a film. Gran Turismo. Yes. And the, <laughs> so... So weird. Yeah, it's a film based on the video game, based on a true story of somebody apparently playing the game well enough to actually race in real life. Yeah, apparently so. The trailer looks really good, actually. I was surprised by sort of how compelling it looks. Mm. It's directed by Neil Blomkamp from District 9. I think he's originally from South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's got Orlando Bloom and David Harbour in it. Well, I'll watch anything that David Harbour is in. It look, yeah, it looks um, it looks decent. It does. It, it's a, it's a, yes, when I found out that they were doing a Grand Tourism movie, I was like, really? That's odd. But yes, the, the way that they're going about it and the sort of true story type thing mm. is definitely the the best way to do it. Yeah, it looks decent. And I, I didn't know about that story, and I would consider myself fairly fairly up on games, but I hadn't heard that, so it's been new information. Watching that trailer, though, 
I think since start starting the podcast, I do and sort of doing a, a bit of editing around. I do sometimes like particularly with trailers, you can tell when when speech has been edited. Oh yeah. And I think yeah. I've noticed that more and more since 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 doing this. And there's a lot of that in the Gran Turismo trailer. Usually, yeah. whenever Orlando Bloom speaks. <laughs> yes, they had one in what the 2013 thing when I was when I was doing editing the trailers into the thing, and they had a lot of like with the Alan Partridge thing. Hmm. They there were a lot of kind of just hot bits of speech and and kind of to add like Alan in there so it makes sense for the context of the trailer. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that as well. Alan, it's something that most people don't. Alas, we are cursed with knowledge. Alan. And the final trailer I saw this month was Meg 2, The Trench. I haven't seen the trailer for that yet. I saw the poster. The poster which... looks brilliant. It says, uh, it new friend, old chum. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it, you've got to have a decent tagline for something like that, haven't mm. you? And that, that is a good one. I imagine it, it's it's the same Stath versus Shark thing, but hopefully they deliver this time. The trailer's good. It starts off with like a little bug that gets eaten by a big thing, gets eaten by a bigger lizard, that gets eaten by a bigger lizard, that gets eaten by a T-Rex. And then the T-Rex is destroyed by a megalodon, a huge shark. Wow. And then it's 65 million years later. And, <laughs> and then it, Jason Statham eats the shark. <laughs> it looks really good. The, the music is uh, Barracuda, the song Barracuda. Oh, and well, it, it looks like classic. there's um, more than one shark or that's come out of the trench and it looks yeah looks good looks funny good so i was definitely let down by the first one sorry about that yeah you definitely made it no that's the one trailer i haven't seen but i will check out at my nearest convenience okay so have we got any observations and recommendations uh no not really i've i've not been engaging in much lego incredibles it was a fiver on the uh, on the PlayStation Store at the moment because they've got a thing going on, and it's it's a fun game. I mean, if you like the Lego games, check out that. I find the Lego games very very calming. There's something there's something very nice about it. Something very satisfying. I've said it before, and it's it's play. I I intend to play all of them at some point and get a hundred percent on all of them, hundred percent completion because it's just quite satisfying. Yes, it made me remember how much I like The Incredibles. It made me remember how much I like Michael Giacchino's score for the whole thing. You get to, again, it's a good way to hear it when you're actually doing stuff. Yeah, so Lego The Incredibles game, which has been out for a good five years now. So if you haven't got on that yet and you like games and you like The Incredibles, that's my pick. That's my hot pick for this month. Okay. There was a good Film Stories podcast episode about the Italian jobs, the original and the modern one. The shit modern one that sucks. That's awesome and has Jason Statham in it. Mm-hmm. Parks and Recollection is back, which is a nice episodic recap of Parks and Re- Recreation. Films to be buried with interviewed Himish Patel. That was really nice. It was a nice episode. I haven't listened to that for a while, actually. I should get back into that. There have been some really good episodes. Yeah, this week's one was really good. Uh, the Himish Patel one was, was lovely. Um, I've been really enjoying the podcast Nobody Asked For, who do sort of like a top or two top three lists of of sort of various topics, like recast characters you'd hope no one would notice, movies that would work as a TV show, movies that should have been about the sidekick. Hmm. It's fun. It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't. I really like it. It seems like a very nice gentleman. I've been reading Tom Hanks's book, which is the making of a movie motion masterpiece. There's a lot of M's in there and there are a lot of words as a title, but it's a good book. It's about, it's about making a film. Yeah, well, you put me to shame. I've only play, been playing The Incredible. Oh, another recommendation, observation and recommendation, is there's a new series of Mockery Manor. Oh, yes. In... I haven't listened to it yet. 
Clayton, set in Claytonville, which is the a Western, like a Wild West themed theme park next to the Mockery Manor. It's very good. I think it's two and a bonus episodes in so far. It's really good. Yeah, those long pats, they produce good stuff. They mm, really ex- do. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So hard to recommend. And I will say that, that Lawrence, having, well, I've met with Lawrence and Lindsay, and they are very, very talented people, and they do good stuff. So, so yes, while I haven't heard it yet, I'm sure it's brilliant. I will sign off on that as well. Good stuff. Oh, and I'd recommend uh, Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians 3. And Fast 10. Yeah, well, you may as well. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I would... Uh, I'll sign off on that because it sounds like it's going to be my sort of film. Good stuff. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast.thepodcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at podcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at podcornbucketpd. Oh, I've started putting lists on Letterbox at okay. Popcorn Bucket. So, so far I have put our ranking of Mission Impossible and our ranking of the Harry Potter film. Nice. The definitive ranking. The definitive. The only ranking that matters. Yep. Forget all the other rankings. It's only us. Fuck your rankings. Popcorn bucket forever. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode, wherever you listen to your podcast, and subscribe and share. Thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of Lunkout Media for the theme music. Thanks to Lawrence Owen for just existing. Cheers, Lawrence. Many thanks. Take care and see you next episode.